Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, a 100,000 square foot gamble is about to pay off now that the Planning Commission has paved the way for a major new employer to enter the community. Economic Development Director Tim Miley will join us with the details. Also, the state dashboard shows COVID-19 spread on the decline locally, but the vaccine rollout has been painfully slow due to supply issues. We'll speak with Hancock Public Health Commissioner Kareem Baroudi. In our weekend basketball preview, nearing the end of a stop-and-start season, the Findlay Trojans have a doubleheader weekend of action, and Arlington travels to Lipsick in a key matchup that could help determine the BBC Championship. And we have more fun and easy recipes that the whole family will love from Kyra's Kitchen. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Friday, February 12, 2021. WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. The WTOL 11 first alert forecast is calling for mostly cloudy skies today and a high of 23. Mostly cloudy tonight, a low of 17. Some big economic development news in Findlay. The City Planning Commission has approved the site plan for a tenant to begin operating in a spec building site. Economic Development Director Tim Miley says a distribution logistics operation will be filling the 100,000 square foot building off of Crystal Avenue. can't say who it is quite yet, but it is a Fortune 10 company, and they will be employing about 160 people and begin uh, operations sometime later this year. Miley says the company, one of the 10 biggest in the country, will be hiring 160 employees and investing more than $5 million in the facility. Get more on our website. Governor DeWine has lifted the statewide COVID-19 curfew. However, he warns that the Department of Health may reinstate it if hospitalizations begin rising again. Ohio had been under a curfew since November. The Ohio Department of Transportation is reminding drivers to give their snowplow trucks plenty of room to do their jobs. The warning comes after a second plow truck was struck by a motorist in Ohio in the same 24-hour period. ODOT reports the latest collision took place in Hawking County. The state highway patrol reports no one was injured in that crash. ODOT says motorists should slow down and move over when they see the plow truck's flashing lights. Daniel Barnett, ONN News. Sing's Flower Shop in Finley is gearing up for one of their busiest times of the year, Valentine's Day. We asked manager Tammy Jordan how business has been since the pandemic started. We have seen that our business has been busier since the pandemic because a lot more people are reaching out and letting their loved ones know that they care about them because they can't be in contact with them. Tammy says it's best to get in your Valentine's Day order early, but she's also got you procrastinators covered And they'll be open on Valentine's Day on Sunday from 9 to 4 if you need to pop in and pick up some flowers or have some delivered. Get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. I'm Matt Demchek with 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. Today is the Chinese New Year, in case you didn't know that. It is the foremost holiday in China and is celebrated by Chinese people all over the world. It is also known as the Lunar New Year because it follows the lunar calendar. This is, by the way, the Year of the Ox beginning today. The Year of the Ox. So happy Chinese New Year to you. It is Hug Day, International Winter Bike to Work Day. (laughs) You can if you want, but it is awful doggone cold this morning to do that. International Winter Bike to Work Day. Today is Lincoln's birthday. National Lost Penny Day. And I wonder if that has anything to do with it being Lincoln's birthday, Lost Penny Day, because, you know, Lincoln saw the penny. 
uh, National Plum Pudding Day, and it is Inbox Day today. So if you need a reason to celebrate, there you have several. So, so Valentine's Day, uh, the latest holiday we have to navigate amid, amid the coronavirus pandemic when it is safer to uh, keep distance from people who don't live with you. Uh, that can be even harder than it already is when the holiday is one that celebrates love and all of that. We have some tips on what you can do, um, and they include writing and mailing a handwritten letter, sending a voice recording, create a playlist of songs that remind you of your special someone, send a delivery of their favorite foods, maybe something romantic like wine or chocolate strawberries, chocolate-covered strawberries, ship a Valentine's Day care package with their favorite items, schedule a Zoom call, Uh, For a paint and wine night, send something physically comforting like a blanket or a stuffed animal to cuddle with, or consider spraying your perfume on, uh, consider, (coughs) excuse me, let me try that again. Send something physically comforting like a blanket or stuffed animal to cuddle with and consider spraying your perfume or your cologne on it so that it smells like you. So those, that's a, a list of suggestions. Uh, CNN had that on their uh, website. And I thought it was interesting, uh, mostly because if you... I mean, I understand it's a pandemic and all of that. But if you cannot uh, at least trust or uh, be willing to risk it with your special someone for Valentine's Day, how special are they, really? I mean, let's be honest here. One thing you should not do is uh, send a naked selfie, particularly if you are older. The AARP is discouraging its members from sending nudes. (laughs) Uh, The director of victim support for the AARP Fraud Watch Network, Amy Knopfziger, who has been with us on this program uh, before, uh, says if a scammer is asking for nudes, they likely just want your money and won't be sending you uh, won't be sending your incriminating photos to anyone embarrassing. Says it's happening a lot and people don't want to talk about it. She says uh, she's talked to victims of the scam who are from across all age groups, and one such scam reported back in May targeted consumers in uh, Grand Rapids. Uh, claimed fraudsters wanted three thousand dollars in Bitcoin payments. In the next 24 hours, or else they would release an embarrassing sex video to uh, Facebook. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. That just, um, the idea that uh, there might be a uh, an adult video with Grandma out there, <laughs> is, that's disturbing enough. Just the possibility. I don't have to, I don't have to see it to be creeped out by that. <laughs> so... Don't send any nudes, uh, especially if you are an AARP member. But that should be a rule of thumb regardless of whether you're talking about a scammer or just as a, just as a general practice. Probably not a good idea. Um, what you can do, of course, is send a traditional card to someone special for Valentine's Day. And if you are not the writing type... You can actually get an artificial intelligent robot to write out your Valentine Day message for you. It is the Valentine's Bot. was created by uh, Copy AI, a U.S.-based company. 
Uh, the uh, technology, the robot, has been trained to write letters based on examples of Valentine's Day cards. And anyone can use it. Just uh, head to valentinesday.ai, enter your email address, and then plug in the information, some basic information that they ask for, and in a few seconds you will have several versions of messages to choose from. You can then either select a message to use verbatim, or you can copy it into an external text editor and use it as a, a basis, a starting point to craft a love note of your own. <laughs> so, so again, I, I look at that and I say, if, if you need an artificial intelligence robot to write your love letter for you, uh, then maybe, just maybe, your love is not quite as de deep as what you think it is, you know? I understand that not everybody is great with words, but still, we need a robot to write our Valentine's Day card uh, uh, for us. If that's you, then maybe you should rethink your level of romanticism in your relationship. I don't know. Uh, of course, then the other thing, aside from Valentine's Day, President's Day is coming up on Monday. Some folks will have the day off. We won't. I'll be here on Monday. But uh, being that it's almost President's Day, now there is a chance to own a quirky piece of White House history. Uh, locks of George and Martha Washington's hair are up for auction, along with Andrew Johnson's order of a national day of mourning after Abraham Lincoln's assassination, and the pen that Warren Harding used to end U.S. involvement in World War I. In all, a treasure trove of nearly 300 presidential artifacts are hitting the auction block. Uh, Boston-based RR Auction said online bidding gets underway, well, actually got underway yesterday, I believe, runs through February 18th. So, uh, other items being auctioned include John F. Kennedy's Crimson Harvard Sweater, and a photograph of Abe Lincoln and his son, Tad, signed by the 16th president. There are also numerous documents and personal papers signed by John Quincy Adams, James Monroe, James Madison, Andrew Jackson, Martin Van Buren, Zachary Taylor, Millard Fillmore, James Buchanan, Ulysses S. Grant, James Garfield, and others. So, if you are a... If you are a, a fan of presidential politics, just uh, presidential history or American history in general, check that out. Um, RR Auction. It doesn't give a website, but I'm guessing you can Google it and I'm sure you'll be able to find it. Who wouldn't want to own a lock of George Washington's hair? <laughs> you could clone George Washington. You grow your own George Washington with that. I don't... And one other note among the first things you need to know this morning, the most buzzworthy stories to start your day. We've been following the saga of the Super Bowl streaker. This has been the most enduring story out of the Super Bowl. That tells you what kind of a dud the game actually was. Because normally, you will talk about the game, the commercials, maybe the halftime show... They were all kind of anticlimactic this year, but the Super Bowl streaker. Now, that's a story that will not go away. And you remember, what was it yesterday we mentioned that um, 
Yesterday, the day before, we mentioned the story that apparently he had made, the streaker had made more than a quarter million dollars uh, out of his stunt because he had actually bet online. He had bet one of the propositions that there would be a streaker at the Super Bowl, and then he decided to be the streaker. Well, it looks like he will not be getting all of that money after all. Uh, Yuri Andrade, Andrade, I don't know how you pronounce this guy's name. Anyway, he bet on the fact that there would be a streaker during the Super Bowl on Sunday and then took off his clothes and made it a reality himself. He was set to make $374,000, but the betting site, Bovada, says, says that they are investigating the stunt. The company says they will work to make sure any publicity stunt cannot adversely affect the outcome of the player's wager. So why did you allow someone to wager on a publicity stunt? <laughs> if you're not going to allow a publicity stunt to affect the uh, wager, you you that was the wager was it was a publicity stunt. Why would you know, that's what a streaker is. But anyway, they uh, said that they are refunding all of the no votes and paying out the legitimate yes votes on that prop bet. But anyway, it looks like they will uh not pay off in his case because he was the one who, you know, tried to rig the game. So, anyway, he may or may not uh, get the money, but he is getting the charges. <laughs> That's for sure. There you go. Some of the uh, most interesting, most buzzworthy stories to get your Friday morning started. Take WFIN wherever you go with our updated mobile apps for iPhone and Android. And now you can listen to us on your Alexa device. Get the app at WFIN.com or in the App Store or Google Play. Plus, enable Alexa by searching for WFIN under Skills and you'll soon be saying, Alexa, play 1330 WFIN. And the best part is the apps and skills are absolutely free. On the air at 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. Online at WFIN.com and on your smartphone tablet and Alexa devices. Our cover story this morning, you heard the news yesterday that the Planning Commission has paved the way for a major new employer to enter the community. Uh, details this morning from Finley Hancock County Economic Development Director Tim Miley with us. This morning, this story actually uh, starts all the way back in 20, what was it, 17, 2018? Well, yeah, it started in 2017, actually. And uh, so kind of bring us up to speed. Give us some of the backstory on this. So you go back to um, the mid, you know, 2014, 2015, we started having McLean come in and we're looking at where's the next site because Tall Timbers was getting full. Mm -hmm. And we had some land west of Production Drive, west of Bright Road there. And we had Veneer Nishin looking. It was Autolift Nishin at the time, now ZF. But they were looking, and there's some surrounding land. We said, what if we put enough infrastructure, similarly we did on McLean Drive and what they did in the 80s with tall timbers, so we don't just do one site, we do multiple. Mm -hmm. And fortunately, you know, in your, in your uh, set coming in, you talked about the gamble. Yeah. And we got them to, it, to put a spec building in with, with this uh, partnership with the city and regional planning, the county, ODOT, and everybody. We provided the infrastructure, and they took the risk on the building. It is. It was a bit of a gamble because, I mean, this is a 100,000-square-foot building built completely on spec, hoping Correct. that uh, you could get a tenant uh, yep. in there. And it has taken a, a bit of time, but it uh, looks like that's going to happen later this year. It, it will. And, you know, the great thing about spec buildings is it, it puts us in a position to look at a lot of deals. 
we lost two automotive companies earlier last year that looking at spec building one case it was too big one case it was too small but it gets your seat at the table and that's the same thing with this project well and and that was one of the questions that i was going to ask and i remember talking about this uh at the time mm -hmm. uh building this uh, this building what is the difference between uh building a a site building up a site on spec like this is versus uh, marketing space that may be open because a previous tenant has left so if you have a previous tenant that left to pick on metech for example their mm -hmm. building was customized it just did an expansion over the past year that was customized for them a spec building is designed to have flexibility so the the eve heights what you're doing on the interior the lighting the electric it is pretty much bare bones so that someone could so you don't have to spend a bunch of money guessing what may come in mm -hmm. and it allows them to come in and go quickly and and that that's the real piece of it that's the uh, that's the the thing the attraction is that the shell the the main Correct. structure is already there and then all you have to do is you know do that final customization yeah, frequently site selectors are doing their due diligence behind the scenes and mm -hmm. they are working and then as soon as they identify the community you want to hurry up and go so this just puts you way ahead of other opportunities and, of a build to suit and there aren't a whole lot of communities that have uh these spec very, buildings very spec few buildings. and you know part of it there is a risk involved but in this case think of what buildings supply costs are now with what's happened with covid mm -hmm. if you look up steel and and wood and concrete and any material well they built this in 18 so their pricing can be better too so it, it's a definitely a much different scenario and so it could have gone the other way. You know, prices could have plummeted, but right. fortunately, uh, we got it built at a good time. And uh, that, uh, in addition to that, that all of that being said, there will still be a significant investment uh, to customize that building for this particular tenant. Uh, that uh, that also means jobs created. Correct. And there's going to be about five million dollars that will be, need to be put into the site. A lot of it will be site work around. As the planning commission looked yesterday, there's going to be a lot of movement of vehicles coming in off production drive and uh, drainage of working through that so fortunately the general contractor is working with us with the developer humble robinson and we've been able to say here's the people that we think in our community that have the scale and capacity to do the work so they're they're, they're being very good to work with up front and hopefully that five million dollars goes into a lot of our businesses to, to do that work yeah um this also, uh, in terms of the timing, as you were you were mentioning, obviously uh, it's changed the cost of construction with the uh, pandemic and and so on, and and really that speaks to this is pretty significant in that respect too, because for a lot of companies they have been very cautious uh, during this pandemic about investment and expansion. They have, and as we were talking before, we're starting to see that loosen up a little bit, but this company is growing. We've mentioned it's a Fortune 10 company, so they're a very mm -hmm. large company. So what, not surprised to see them coming in based on their business model of what their, the growth of their company. And uh, when will the tenant become public knowledge? I mean, you mentioned uh, Fortune 10. So anyone can look up the, uh, the Fortune, yeah, pick uh, Fortune one out of 10, 10 right? and yeah. you know, narrow it down. Yeah, uh, so in the not too distant future. And so because they're going to they want to be operating by summer and so that means a lot of things are going to have to happen including hiring people what is that timeline so they, they would like to be in june july august time frame of course we got a, a crazy winter going on right sure. now which affects uh, construction mm -hmm. but they are doing everything they need we've had conversations with aep recently with the stormwater the fire department everything so as soon as this weather breaks you're going to see a major mobilization of 
contractors go out there and, and start to do some significant work and then in parallel with that you're going to see them beginning to hire and we'll be working through that with them and so the expectation is that uh middle of the year or perhaps late summer uh they will be they would like to be operating that's correct and is this a uh, without giving too much away that you're not ready to give away uh, at this point um is this something that would lend itself to possible future expansion beyond uh this particular uh, I, I think they'll they'll probably stay in the four walls of that building if you okay. take a look at the site plan of how it's been developed the the trucks will come in off production drive and that's one thing too i wanted to stress is when this spec building was developed with the city and, and the reason we put production in there is to protect the residents on crystal avenue we do not want semi trucks coming in and out of crystal avenue we've got the infrastructure built for it on bright road and production but the trucks will come in on production there's semi docks on the east side there's no semi docks on the south or the west side material will be brought into the building and then the delivery uh delivery vehicles will be on which are not semi trucks will be on the west side of the building there's a queuing area so you're gonna have the circulation and there's really no room for expansion but we do have the land to the north that we're working with the landowner and that is the next piece of this kind of extension of tall timbers of there's there's about 35 acres to the north that will be the next area we'd like to develop which was going to be one of the questions that i wanted to ask now that this is uh, coming to fruition uh this uh hundred thousand square foot gamble as we were saying uh earlier uh does that uh provide enough impetus to say hey maybe we want to do this again so uh jerry robinson with humble robinson group has really been pleased with the community on how this whole thing has worked out from when he started uh, jobs ohio was involved in the beginning of working through with the spec building and he does not want to just have one building here he's indicated us and we're working with him it's not necessarily on the, the site to the north but um he, he likes the site to the north because he knows the infrastructure he knows it's been it's been annexed it's been zoned mm -hmm. um it's been agriculture the whole time we shouldn't have any environmental issues or anything like that so but humble robinson is prepared to make a, another investment we're planning on that with them right now so again this builds on uh everything that we have talked about uh so often uh, to this point we talk about uh, finley being the top micropolitan area uh, for growth for how many years running now yeah, six and uh this is one of those things that allows that uh, to continue and you're looking at repeating this uh, formula we hope yeah it's a formula that's worked for us for a very long time and it's one that people try to replicate and it's difficult because you got to have the right people the right people in leadership across all the areas of the economy and the education and government sector and we're fortunate to have those people to work together again a, a big announcement uh, made this week about a, uh, a new uh, major employer uh, coming to enter the community soon uh, further details uh, forthcoming uh, we will continue to watch that as uh, it continues to play itself out uh, economic development director tim miley with us this morning tim thanks very much for dropping by we appreciate you're welcome it. thanks Hancock Public Health Commissioner Kareem Baruti is with us now. And uh, as we learned earlier this week, the state dashboard showing that uh, spread of COVID-19 uh, locally is on the decline. That's the good news. The vaccine rollout, though, remains a bit sluggish uh, because of supply issues and, and uh, other uh, factors. Uh, Kareem, thanks very much for uh, joining us. First of all, we appreciate it. Start with the uh, the good news. The uh, spread of the virus appears to be on the decline, uh, according to the latest numbers. 
what's what's the main contributor to that you know uh, thank you chris for having me this morning and good morning um the, I, I think uh the big contributor to that is people kind of heeding the advice that mm-hmm. we've been talking about for the last you know year right um, a little bit over a year now the masking the distancing uh, the hand hygiene um, it's early to tell if the vaccine is playing a role. This is our, you know, uh, six week into the rollout of the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so far the vaccine is a triumph, you know, as far as the early returns are showing, um, targeting that population that was most vulnerable, um, you know, to, um, to hospitalization and even death. Right. Uh, I think it's a good strategy moving up that way. The, the reason I, I ask about the why is in terms of the decline of the spread. As we know, the statewide curfew uh, is expiring. The governor has said he is not going to extend it if uh, they do see a, a spike statewide that it may be re-implemented. But how big of a factor uh, was that really? Because a lot of folks are saying, is this really effective? Yeah, I think it was a factor, to be honest with you. And, and as, as more and more people were realizing after the holidays and, you know, the big surge we had in November um, and December, uh, they're realizing it's real. It's coming close to home. More and more people I know were affected by this pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think more and more people um, started to say, okay, you know, I need to do something. It's not only for myself. It's for the whole community. Yeah. And I think it's working that way. And uh, because obviously the longer this goes, and you know it as well as anyone else, we've talked about it, it, it becomes uh, more and more difficult to stay the course, uh, especially as you see the cases decline, uh, the rollout of the vaccine people are itching to kind of get back to some semblance of normal this becomes a bigger and bigger challenge the longer this goes absolutely especially with the emergence of the variants that we've been um, hearing about um, it's really important now to not let the guard down here uh, we want to keep masking even double masking that's a good trend now we should be all be trending that way um, as much as we can um, the hand hygiene the distancing just being careful in general while we have the vaccine rolling out here uh, you did say it it's going a little slow mm-hmm. um, hopefully you know the next few weeks we heard from the president from the governor that this is going to ease up a little bit the supply chain uh, hopefully when we get more and more people vaccinated um, the more uh, we're getting closer to ending this the with respect to the vaccine uh, frustratingly uh, slow in in some cases and uh, again citing the latest numbers i think uh, statewide it's about nine percent of the population uh, i think is uh, vaccinated here in hancock county is slightly below that what has been the the biggest hindrance to the uh, to the uh, to the rollout is it uh, just the availability is it the lack of uh, storage is there more vaccine in the state being directed to urban areas what i think it's uh um, it's a combination of allocation we get from the states um and um and uh, um the, the the availability of the vaccine i think the supply mm-hmm. um uh, like i said we've been ramping up since the we're in the sixth week we're ready uh, we activated our medical reserve corps our volunteers uh, we're working closely with the hospital to make sure we vaccinate we put into arms each and every dose we get in town every week um so we the supply is is really uh, or the demand is really out uh, outpacing the supply mm-hmm. um, i think that's the that's the main issue right now and you know all all the messaging coming out of this community whether it's uh, you know the mayor the hospital public health 
uh, to the governor is saying, well, bring us more vaccine. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and the governor is saying, you know, I don't, I hope I'm manufacturing the vaccines. I'm getting them as, as quick as I can. Yeah. They, that's why I was going to ask, what is the message to those who uh, are on the list and maybe have an appointment and yet it continues to get pushed back and we're not sure exactly when that's going to be available? Yeah, um, I, I think uh, I would urge everybody to be patient. We're going through that list very, very, um, um, you know, as quick as we can. Um, there's about 700 appointments that are being made for next week. There's clinics almost every day next week. Um, but again, if I'm, we're getting 700 doses, that's all we can give that week. Right. Uh, so be patient. We'll get to you. Um, I think uh, we started to move a little quicker now. Um, again, um, more vaccine uh, came the last few weeks, and, and we're being a lot more efficient about you, it. You mentioned the uh, variants uh, that are out there now, and, and how uh, important is it to, you know, again, uh, continue to try and get as much vaccine as you can to get ahead of those variants? You got it right, Chris. We're in a race now, you know, between um, the, the virus still spreading, um, the more it spreads, the more variants we're going to see, um, and how, how fast we can get our community immunized. In your mind, uh, because the Johnson Johnson vaccine is under review now, and we may get uh, emergency approval of that by the end of the month, and that is a single, that's a couple of advantages. It's a single shot instead of, uh, instead of two doses, and it doesn't have to be... Uh, it doesn't have to be stored at those ultra low temperatures how big of a game changer is that in your mind it will be a big game changer because most of the logistics now the first dose the second dose um and uh it's it's the ultra cold storage Mm -hmm. um all is kind of kind of um uh you know bugging this system if i say Uh, if we have one shot that's uh that's can be handled as a regular vaccine Mm -hmm. it will go a lot faster yeah um and you mentioned double masking. In the meantime, while we wait for a wider rollout of the uh, vaccine, the latest guidance from the CDC is for double masking. And I, it strikes me that there are still those that you have to convince to mask in the first place, and now you're asking to uh, to double mask. How big of a – how effective is that uh, really? I mean, is that that critical? Uh, absolutely. We've talked a lot about the layers of protection, and and the mask is one of the layers. The vaccine is another one. The distancing is another one. And as we peel off or add on of those layers, we'll be more protected. So adding a second mask, if you can tolerate that, I think it's a, it, it will be a good idea. That will, that will offer you another layer of protection, not only to you, but the people around you as well. I mentioned this yesterday uh, and kind of half-jokingly talked about it on the, uh, on the program uh, when we were talking about the double mask uh, guidance, um, how snug should these things be in the in the first place? I mean, that's part of the uh, the advice uh, with the double masking is that it helps uh, you know with a a more snug fit. How snug? I've got a number of masks, uh, and and some are more snug than others. I put some of them on and it, like crushes my nose against my face. <laughs> is that snug enough? I mean, you know, how do we properly wear these things? Uh, I think properly, you just uh, put the top of the mask on 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 the bridge of your nose, all the way down to the chin here, mm-hmm. covering the mouth and uh, and uh, nostrils very well. Um, as snug as possible is 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 better. You don't want to be uncomfortable, um, but snug and close to your skin, I think it, it will offer better protection. Again, we continue to watch uh, the rollout of the vaccine as the as the major story. And uh, as soon as those uh, vaccines are coming in, they're going out, they're getting into, into arms. 
Uh, are we going to be uh, on track to open this up to general public by the by the spring or by the summer? I think the president had mentioned that he wants to be able to make it generally available by the summer. Yeah, I, I think it's possible. Like I said, I think uh, not only here in Hancock County, I think every community um, is ready to get more vaccines and to put more vaccines into arms to get there quicker. Um, we are now in Hancock County um, um, making appointments for that 75 and above. Uh, we're getting close finishing up, finishing up with that group, uh, the ones that are pre-registered, and probably early next week we're going to start with the 70 and above. Continue to watch it. Continue to uh, pass along the latest information. Hancock Public Health Commissioner Kareem Baruti with us this morning. Thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate it. Thank you, Chris. It's another Friday, another weekend of high school basketball. As the regular season draws to a close, it has been a stop-and-start season, particularly for the Finley Trojans. But uh, Jim Rookie's boys have a doubleheader weekend of action coming up. Earlier this week on the Coach's Corner, host John Marshall spoke with the Trojans coach about this weekend's games. Friday, you have Toledo start. What will the challenges be with the Spartans? Well, they, you know, they, they're 12-2, and two, I think, right now, or 13-2, and two, and uh, have, a, have a pretty good team. They're going to play hard. They're going to be organized. Uh, have a lot of quickness. That'll be a, that'll be a test for us. Uh, to you know, defensively to keep them out of the lane. They're going to attack, and uh, it'll be a good good challenge for our guys. A little different game, but uh, you know, something that we have to have to be ready for. Now Saturday night you'll be at Tiffin Columbian. Are you familiar with them? Well, a little bit. You know, uh, their head coach Travis Kin actually was a volunteer assistant for us about five or six years ago he was a teacher at glenwood and uh you know helped us out for a year did a really good job he's a great guy and uh, we've scrimmaged them the last couple of years since he went over there and and picked them up for, for a game this year and they're having a really nice year he, he's doing a great job and uh, again it'll be a be a a challenge for us. And you stay busy as Monday night you have Toledo St. John's at home. I think they have been off and on the schedule maybe three times this year. I expect you've seen a lot of video of them. Uh, what is their strength? Well, they have uh, a very experienced team, um, three seniors uh, who all are Division One football uh, signees, quarterback and two receivers good size and athleticism with all of those guys. They're always very sound defensively. They always move the ball well offensively, make you work on defense. That'll be a tough one, but uh, hopefully we'll just keep getting better and be ready to go. Jim Rookie and his Finley Trojans meet start on Friday, go to Tiffin Columbian on Saturday, and have St. John's at home on Monday. You can hear all the action live here on 1330 WFIN, WFIN WFIN.com and 95.5 FM. As we mentioned, it's been a rather stop-and-start season, but as the uh, regular season winds down, a big, uh, busy stretch for the Finley Trojans coming up over the next several days. Meanwhile... Over in the Blanchard Valley Conference, Arlington travels to Lipsick in a key matchup that could help determine the championship of the conference. Uh, Arlington uh, Red Devils uh, head coach Jason Vermillion spoke, uh, spoke with uh, John Marshall about his task ahead. 
With all that you lost off the team from a year ago, I'd think that you'd be pretty pleased with where you stand at this point, just a half game out of the knot of five teams that are 6-2 and two in the BBC. Yeah, we're, we're fortunate to be in a position now to finish the year out and still have a chance. So we got our hands full in, that next two, in the next two weeks here, but uh, we're, we're happy to be where we're at. If you win your last three league games, you'll end the season with at least a share of the Blanchard Valley Conference title. That starts at Lipsick on Friday night. The Vikings are second in scoring per game and are best in defensive average, giving up just 46 points a game. This game is going to be a real test for you, Red Devils. There's no doubt. Um, they have some nice uh, players on the offensive uh, end in Mason Brandt and Jaden Seifker. And, you know, you put your focus on them, but they have other parts in their on their puzzle that uh, provide really good things for them that if you give too much attention to those other two, that those other guys can hurt you a little bit. So there's no doubt that going into Friday, we have to be at our best and um, going over to their place. So we're looking forward to it, having our, giving our, having a chance to do some things, but we know what kind of uh, team we're going to be facing. The Red Devils meet the Lipsick Vikings on Friday night in a key BBC matchup. You can hear that game on our sister station, 100.5 WKXA. Tim Montgomery will be joined by Don Masters as they have the broadcast with pregame starting just after 7 o'clock. It'll be start at Findlay uh, tonight here on WFIN. Uh, Trojans travel to Tiffin Columbian tomorrow and then uh, host Toledo St. John's on Monday. Uh, tonight's BVC game, uh, that log jam on top of the BVC uh, on our sister station, 100.5 WKXA. And, of course, OG Titans basketball uh, is always on 106.3 The Fox. And we've got it all covered for you. You can follow all of your favorite teams uh, throughout all of uh, tonight's action uh, online. The uh, WFIN scoreboard page powered by ScoreStream. And we've got that linked up at goodmornings.net. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Now this is embarrassing. The odd and unusual side of the news, uh, this report in the odd and unusual side of the news, brought to you as a public service more or less of Hancock County Veterans Services. This is embarrassing. Uh, two horses belonging to the New York City Police Department went haywire when they broke free on Thursday and galloped through the streets of Brooklyn. <laughs> The horses named Samson and Freedom literally enjoyed a taste of freedom when they bolted after their riders responded to a minor medical episode. Uh, Once the officers dismounted, Samson and Freedom hoofed it down the street. Okay, our job here is done. We're going to take off and have a little fun. Thankfully, neither horse was injured and police managed to rein them in after a 10-minute chase. No word if the horses caused any damage and if so, how much Cash, the NYPD, will have to <clears throat> pony up because of it. Um, one officer did get his foot stomped on by one of the mischievous equines, but he's going to be okay. Samson and Freedom were uh, remanded to their trailer and shipped back to their stables to stop them from horsing around any further, it says here. That is embarrassing. Somebody's going to get called on the carpet in the commissioner's office, I would imagine, for that. Uh, Elsewhere in the broken news this morning, here is another case of a 
gender reveal party gone terribly wrong. Although nobody was seriously hurt, one dad managed to get whacked in an especially uncomfortable area when the party popper meant to reveal the gender of his baby uh, blasted smack into his uh, private parts. <laughs> well, I guess that's an appropriate area when you really think about it. Um, Gemma Bailiff Newby uh, shared the painfully funny footage, painfully funny footage to YouTube on Monday. It has gone viral with more than twenty six thousand views at last check. We got to stop doing these gender reveal parties. They're getting really dangerous here. That's, I hope you didn't want any more kids. And uh, also in the broken news, a story of irony. A uh, Portland man, a Portland man was arrested on Saturday for driving under the influence after he backed into a patrol car during a traffic stop (laughs) just before 11 p.m. on Saturday a deputy saw a red Volkswagen Jetta that was coming up behind him at a high rate of speed. The deputy pulled over the car, and when he started approaching the vehicle, he called out to the driver to turn the engine off. Instead, the driver did not respond and rolled his car backward about 25 feet, uh, only stopping when it hit the front of the deputy's patrol car. When asked why he backed his car into the officer's vehicle, the driver, Jeffrey Dwayne Cannon, age 41, said, I don't know. <laughs> Did that happen? Did that happen? Is it, I hit the patrol car. The uh, deputy reportedly could smell a uh, the odor of alcohol coming from inside the car, saw an open can of bush light in Mr. Cannon's cup holder. Uh, Mr. Cannon also uh, admitted to having a concealed firearm a loaded handgun in the car, and the deputy also found uh, several several empty beer cans and a baggie in the center console that allegedly contained cocaine. (laughs) He is in all kinds. So as it turns out, backing into the patrol car was the least of this guy's problems. Um, According to the sheriff's office, uh, Mr. Cannon explained that he had planned to have a party with his friend this weekend. The uh, sheriff's office uh, discovered Mr. Cannon was a convicted felon and his driver's license had been suspended. So the story just keeps getting better and better and better. Uh, Deputies uh, said Mr. Cannon rated himself as a four on a scale of ten, measuring how intoxicated intoxicated he was. His uh, breathalyzer later measured uh, .22 blood alcohol concentration. He was arrested and facing several charges, including felony possession of a firearm, DUI, possession of a controlled substance, driving without a license, being a convicted felon in possession of a uh, firearm. Uh, It just the list goes on and on and on. And I mentioned that there was some irony in this story. Uh, It turns out he had a bumper sticker on his car that said, I'm not drunk. I'm avoiding potholes. That is today's Broken News Report, uh, brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. You can help recognize outstanding teachers in Findlay and Hancock County. 
Nominate a current teacher who made a difference in your life for the Findlay Rotary Club's Golden Apple Awards. Place your nomination online at findlayrotary.org. Nomination deadline is April 2nd. Please promote the work, dedication, and achievements of all teachers by nominating an excellent teacher for the Golden Apple Awards. This message provided by WFIN. And once again, to finish up this morning, as we like to do, it's become something of a tradition. Uh, Time to get uh, another collection of recipes from Kyra's Kitchen. My wife Kyra has joined us in the studio. Good morning. Good morning. All bright-eyed and bushy-tailed this morning. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Today's recipes uh, are, these are going to be fun stuff guaranteed everybody in the family is going to like. Yeah. And uh, these are just really fun. This is, I I think this would all uh, fall under the category of comfort food. Yes. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Good family Valentine's Day dinner. (laughs) Yeah. Just a real quick, easy Valentine's Day. Sure. Yeah. Uh, But these are good anytime. Time. Yes. Uh, first of all, have a chicken bowl casserole. This is a copycat of the uh, KFC uh, famous yep. bowls. Yep. Um, so the chicken bowl casserole. Yes. How do we do this? So two and a half cups of mashed potatoes at room temperature. Um, so if you've made them the night before, um, because it'll be easier to spread them. Oh, okay. Uh, two cups of whole kernel corn uh, frozen and thawed. Uh, 10 ounce Tyson's popcorn chicken, uh, the chicken nugget ones, the smaller chunk mm-hmm. uh, ones, um, a half a cup of reduced fat shredded cheddar cheese, and your uh, brown gravy. You can use Heinz, you could use whatever. Yeah. So, um, or you can make your own if you're, if you have a recipe that you like. Yeah. If you're particularly, yeah. if you're uh, particular about your gravy, go ahead. So, preheat your oven. Um, or your air fryer to 400 degrees. Uh, cook your popcorn just for about three to five minutes. Not all the way, just about three to five minutes. Okay, because um, you're going to cook it some more. Correct. So yes, um, or till the until the chicken's kind of soft and, and crispy or tender, not crispy, not fully crispy. Right. Okay, because you right. don't want to overdo it. Obviously. Right. Right. Remove the chicken pieces from the oven or the air fryer. Let the popcorn chicken cool for about five minutes. Uh, spray a nine by thirteen inch uh, baking dish with your nonstick cooking spray. Uh, spread a single layer of your mashed potatoes into the prepared dish. Then a layer of your corn over the mashed potatoes. Then your popcorn chicken over that. And then cook for about another ten minutes or so um, until the chicken is crispy. That's when you want it crispy. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So so if it takes a little bit longer than ten minutes, depending on your oven, that's fine. Just, mm-hmm. And and then remove your remove that from the oven. Sprinkle with your cheese. Um, If it's not melting, you could go ahead and put it back in the oven for a few minutes to let it melt. That's what I did. Okay. Um, And then bring it out and uh, heat up your gravy on the stove um, and then drizzle that on top. Now, theoretically, you could do all of these things separately and then just combine them into a bowl. Yeah. Uh, But this is the way. Yeah. uh, For like a casserole. Yeah. For like a big family. Yeah. But if it's just you, oh yeah, you could do it. I'm thinking the the reason why, because immediately the first thing I thought of is why would you do it this way rather than prepare all of them individually and then put it all together? Yeah. 
it's a time thing. This yeah. would this yeah. would be quicker yeah. than yeah. doing them all separately and yeah. then mixing it all together. Oh yeah. Yep. So anyway, uh, but that's it. That he, uh, the uh, chicken bowl casserole, yep. uh, copycat of the uh, KFC famous bowls. Yes. So really easy to do. To go along with that, we have uh, ramen noodle salad. Yes. And golly, who doesn't love uh, some good ramen noodles? <laughs> Um, this are, is, it's good in a salad. It's good. I like ramen noodles when I'm sick, and that's pretty much the only time I eat them. But that's, I do like that's them in usually, a salad. That's usually the only times people uh, have ramen noodles are uh, when they're when they're under the weather, yes. and when you're in college and you have yes. absolutely no money whatsoever. That's right. Yes. <laughs> you can get twenty meals for a dollar. Yes. Um, but anyway, uh, so I would imagine this is a, a fairly cheap thing to make. Oh too. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> so how do we do the ramen noodle salad? So two packages of your dry ramen noodles uh, broken up. Uh, you can discard the season packets. You're not going to use those. Keep okay. them for something else. Um, one 14-ounce package of coleslaw, uh, one cup of shredded carrots, uh, two-thirds cup of chopped green onions, and then for your dressing, a half a cup of la- light olive oil, a fourth cup of vinegar, a fourth cup of honey, um, if you need a little bit more, a little bit less, you know, depending on your sweetness, however you want to do it, mm-hmm. one tablespoon of ginger paste, one teaspoon of minced garlic, and then uh, salt and pepper for taste. Okay. So uh, for the dressing in a mixing bowl, whisk, whisk together your oil, your vinegar, your honey, your ginger, your garlic, and your salt and pepper for your seasoning, and refrigerate it while you're uh, preparing your salad. Real easy to stuff. Yeah. Typical dressing yeah. mix. Yeah. 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 Um, um, I usually put it in a mason jar, so then it's easy to shake, shake up. up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and then you're going to, of course, shake it up again before you put it on top of your salad. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, preheat the oven for um, at about 400 degrees. Spread the ramen noodles um, on a baking sheet and uh, kind of get them crisp up and kind of brown uh, for about three minutes. Just, uh, the, just the ramen just the, noodles. Just the ramen okay. noodles. Just, just to kind of roast them. You're All roasting right. the ramen noodles. Okay. Uh, uh, then sprout out even and uh, toss them, spread them out even again, and then brown them for about another three to four minutes. Um, and then uh, let those cool while you're putting your salad together. So in a large bowl, package up your coals or put the package of coleslaw, the carrots, the green onions, um, mix that up, add the ramen noodles, and then add your dressing, toss it, and you're done. That is pretty much it. Yep. So, all right. So you've got the uh, chicken bowl casserole, the ramen noodle salad, and then for dessert, yes, we have no-bake peanut butter kiss cookies. Yes. Yes. Okay. These are really good and really easy. So this again, no bake, so it'd be right. perfect for the uh, for, with the kids. Right. You can make this in yep. the in the kitchen this Valentine's Day weekend mm-hmm. and have some yep. fun yep. Uh, with the whole family in the kitchen. Yeah, with a little kiss. Uh, one cup of corn syrup, one uh, cup of brown sugar, one and a half cups of creamy peanut butter, one teaspoon of vanilla, four cups of Rice Krispie cereal, and thirty of your chocolate kisses. Um, uh, with the foil off. Because this makes 30 right. cookies. Right. Okay. So in a medium saucepan, mix together your corn syrup and your brown sugar over medium heat, uh, stirring constantly until it comes to a full boil. Once it comes to a full boil, then remove it from uh, the heat, uh, but keep it in the saucepan, and add your peanut butter and your ve- vanilla into the saucepan. Okay. Uh, mix that up. Um, it's going to get kind of... Um, the consistency is going to get a little bit um, uh, thicker. 
Um, then have your cereal ready in a bowl and add the peanut butter mixture to the cereal, stir until well coated. Um, uh, then uh, drop one and a half inch uh, balls of the cereal mix onto a cookie sheet uh, lined with back, uh, wax paper or parchment paper. Um, and I, when I was doing it, I kind of buttered up my hands a little bit before I, yeah, I rolled so the, the balls. Yeah, so the stuff doesn't stick to yeah. your hands. Yeah, so yeah. it doesn't stick it's to your hands. It's going to be sticky. Yes, it is. So then uh, once you have the ball um, uh, formed, uh, push the chocolate kiss into it, kind of form into it around. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then uh, let it cool on the, on the um, uh, pan or on the wax on paper. Your yeah, and, on your sheet. And then yep. you're all done. Then you you're can done. enjoy. So again, uh, and just to highlight, there's no bake. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're not going to use the stovetop because Correct. obviously you will uh, yeah. be using the stovetop to yep. melt all of that stuff yes. together. Yep. Um, but good stuff there. The copycat KFC chicken bowl casserole, the ramen noodle salad, and the no-bake peanut butter kiss cookies. Yes. Good stuff yes. for uh, Valentine's Day or whenever. Yes. Some uh, fun and easy recipes for the entire family to enjoy from Kyra's Kitchen. We have those recipes posted on our Facebook page and linked up at goodmornings.net. From Kyra's Kitchen this morning, my wife Kyra, thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate it. You're welcome. As always. And that will put a wraps on our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program. Remember, as always, you can get more information on all of the things that we talk about each day on the show at our webpage, goodmornings.net. So bookmark our page and check back every day. There's always something new coming up Monday on the program. Are we still talking about New Year's resolutions? Why, yes, yes we are. Because statistics show that 80% of those resolutions have been broken by now so we have some advice on rebooting your financial goals a resolution reboot monday morning until monday morning that is good mornings for this morning now that you've had a good morning going out and make it a good day and a great weekend we'll catch you back here next week